0: Hey, you busy fundraiser. Yeah, you. Listen, I know you're busy planning an event and you shouldn't have to worry about what software you're using for events and online giving and peer-to-peer fundraising and auctions and mobile bidding and text-to-give. It's all at OneCause, onecause onecause.com. Listen, I've been using OneCause for a long time with clients all over. It's designed for busy fundraisers. It's intuitive. It's a powerful fundraising solution for your next event and you should be using it. Go to onecause.com. They're a sponsor of the show. They're amazing. They're awesome. And there's free resources galore at onecause.com. Check them out today. Hey, did you just have a meeting with a donor and they told you something really, really important and you have no place to put it except for like maybe an Excel spreadsheet or a, I don't know, a random piece of paper in your office? Go to donordoc.com. Get a CRM system that works. Get a donor database system that works get something that gives you beautiful reports and beautiful dashboards that even your crankiest board member will love go to donorduck.com use the code word do good better at checkout and get a month free donorduck.com choosing a partner to help you achieve success in your business or personal finances is a big decision you need a devoted advisor who's experienced and attentive and invested in helping you accomplish your goals hey you know what that sounds like brady marts Brady Martz knows that you got a lot of options to choose from, but we're confident that Brady Marts is the right accounting firm for you. they got more than a half a century of experience making everyday count through tax, accounting, audit, and business advisory services. So contact Brady Marts to learn more about their unique solutions that they can provide you and your nonprofit. Your organization is awesome. But sometimes, you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And, of course, we talk with people who are going to help our small and medium-sized nonprofits do good better. What you could all do a little better act, And if you're sort of starting off as a nonprofit, you're a smaller nonprofit, you can always sort of search for the one thing that I think clouds everybody's crazy brain and what to do first and what to do second is grants. It's the thing you see everybody else getting and you haven't gotten in on the action. Why? It's a very confusing place to live if you haven't been there. So that is why today, my friends, we have a super expert, not even like an expert, like a super expert on the subject today. Let me hike it. She is the founder of Grant Watch. Libby, welcome to the official Do Good, Better podcast.
1: Thank you. I'm so very happy to be here and help your listeners. And let's get them grants.
0: I love this really well. This is great. Um, Okay. Before we start and we dive into all the details, because I know every one of you have pens and paper at the ready, or you are ready to type out all the dirty details that we're going to talk about today there's probably a few people who are listening that have no idea what even on earth this is. So Libby, can we start with a very 5,000-foot view on who you are, what you do, and why we're talking today?
1: Well, I am the founder and CEO of GrantWatch.com, and GrantWatch lets nonprofits, businesses, and individuals know what grants are available. Uh, Now, years ago, you could go to Uh, library and look up all the foundations and spend hours and hours and then contact them and find out if they're willing to give you money. Uh, And that's a tremendous task and it's futile. What GrantWatch does is we gather all the currently available grants and they come out, then they expire sometimes, some are ongoing, some expire and we archive them and we keep putting up new ones. And that's why GrantWatch is so special because you don't have to go doing all that research of the foundations and the government agencies. You can just come to GrantWatch and do your search there. So, but I think the first question we better answer for your listeners um, and your viewers is what is a grant?
0: It's a great place to start. I love this. Yes.
1: Okay. So a grant is a gift, basically, but it is a gift with strings. You don't pay back a grant, but you must do everything you tell the fa- the funding the funding source that you plan to do, do. If you don't do it and you use the money to buy yourself a nice Jaguar, then you are going to jail. So you need <laughs> to know that when you get a grant, you're saying you're, you're applying for the grant. Nobody gives you a grant that you didn't apply for. So if you get one of those phone calls, hang up. Those are fake. Okay. And so what you need to do is apply for the grant, explain exactly what you're going to do with the funds and do that. If something should change along the way, you want to contact the funding source and say, hey, uh, we got these donations for these 23 laptops that we were going to use that's in our budget. And instead, we would like to purchase um, internet service for a year. We would like to purchase screens um because we don't want them just on laptops we want them to see the big picture or we want to purchase those pens that so they can draw on the laptops whatever it is a budget mod so a grant is a gift you don't use you, you there are no taxes to a grant right and well i shouldn't say that i'm not an accountant so i'm Erase that, please. Okay. No <laughs> an behind.
0: Yeah. Put an asterisk <laughs> to that point of the, okay. uh, the thing. But, but, right. but it's true. It's just sort of like, hey, here's what you have. Here's what you applied for. Here's some money. But here's all the things you said you do it for.
1: Right. And usually you have to send in some evaluation to your grant and you have to explain how the money was spent mm-hmm. and whether you um, achieve those objectives. Mm-hmm. So, this is all, and you know, the funding source can advertise um, with the fact that they gave you a grant. Uh, It could be in the newspaper, and then somebody sees you that sees that you all of a sudden came into some personal money. That's not a good thing. So, if you're really looking to do something good and you're applying for a grant, that's the right way to go. If you're looking to get this free money and use it the wrong way, stay
0: out of this industry. (laughs) <laughs> How did you get started with the idea of starting GrantWatch? Because I think it's very—it's—it's it's, it, one of the things that I think is the most confusing. Like you just said, it's trying to figure out what's out there first of all, and then secondly, do you even uh, do you even qualify? Which is I think something uh, that we want to go down, but that has to start with some sort of idea of like I need to figure this out for at least myself or somebody else. How did this even begin?
1: Well, what happened was I was teaching special education Mm -hmm. at the time, class for emotionally handicapped. They don't call it that. This was, you know, in the 80s. And I had 10 10 junior high school students with a paraprofessional, and I had to prepare them for the RCTs and some other government exams. And this was all about writing, written communication skills. At that point, if I would correct a paper, a kid would, tear it up, throw it in my face, and I'm not doing that. And that would be the end of it. So I had to solve this problem somehow. And I started reading, and I found that there was something called word processing at that point. We were giving up our our typewriters and moving on. And I said to my special ed supervisor, gee, if I could teach them word processing, they'd have so much fun and they'd want to correct their work because that's what word processing is about. And he said, well... There is a computer room in the building. I went to my principal. He said, Libby, nobody's taking your class. It's a great idea, but nobody's going to walk into your classroom. Somehow you're controlling it. Nobody else can. So he said, well, if you want to do it, go into the computer room, but you're going to have to teach yourself enough to teach them. I go in there. I get all ready and everything. And those big, clunky, tandy model fours did not have enough memory at that point end of discussion. Started teaching myself basic programming. BASIC was a programming language. I taught the kids how to pick lottery numbers, (laughs) you know, variables. And that was about it. Make something move across the screen. But I didn't give up. I went to my special ed supervisor. He went to the school district. Um, They wanted a budget. I created a budget of what we needed to do. And they said, well, there's no money, but there is a grant available from Tandy. If you can prove that the Model 100, and if you, anybody goes and looks that up, it was about the size of an iPad, an iPad with a screen that, this wide going across, it was a green screen. And you needed to, they wanted us to prove that the Model 100 could be used in, the, in an educational environment. That was exactly what I wanted to do, right? I wanted to teach word processing. So I, um, I went every day after school to the district office and they taught me how to write grants. And they had said that they applied for it previously and they never won. And I won, one in four in the United States because I had passion. I wanted to do this. And that is the key to writing grants. You have to be totally invested. And we have $15,000, a big dot matrix uh, printer, um, a model, Tandy model four, I believe. And we got enough laptops for the classroom. I don't even think they called them laptops at the point, At that point. They were model 100s and that was it. Mm-hmm. So I learned that. And then, I went, then every time a grant came available, the school district would send it to me. I won Commodore 64s for, to complement the classroom. So there I was learning to write grants. And the school district, somebody in the school district, put an application in my mailbox for a job they had meeting a grant writer at the school district office. And I went there, and for two years, I wrote grants at the school district. The supervisor, um, superintendent used to say, um, do this, touch Libby. She has the Midas touch. <laughs> 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 to the point where, you know, like, and it, there I was, and I was winning. I won about $11 million worth of grants that were going into the uh, schools within the school district. And then I went back to the classroom, became a magnet school teacher for business careers and computers. And there I was. That that's and I opened up my own business.
0: I love that. I I, I love uh, I love what you just said, which is your first grant is what everybody else should be thinking about. Which is, does it do what you want it to do? And I think one of the fundamental issues that a lot of nonprofits who don't do a lot of grant writing they see the opportunity for money and they leap at it. And that comes with a lot of things that get your organization into a little bit of, uh, of a hairy space <clears throat> that you're now required to do the things that you got the money for that are outside of your scope. Can you give us kind of like a, a rundown of maybe questions you would ask yourself on applying for a grant that may not be absolutely perfect and what you have got to be a little watch out for?
1: Well, the first thing is always, do you meet the eligibility requirements? So every application has different eligibility requirements because the funding source has a mission and a vision, and they want you to run a program that meets with theirs. So um, just as an example, if you are a faith-based organization and you look up this funding source and they've given to a different faith all along many times, why would you even apply there? They're saying they're faith-based, but they gear themselves towards that faith, right? So you you really have to read the eligibility and then go back and look up who they funded in the past. Now, like you said, a a nonprofit can find a grant and then they just want to apply and it's outside their scope. So I don't say no to that. If there's something within the program that they want you to implement that is in your scope... Then go down the block, find the nearest nonprofit that you respect that does that and create a coalition, mm. create a memorandum of an understanding and work together. And that's really a good grant because that's very solid. You can put in the um, resumes, the CVs of your staff and show the experience in those in those parts of the program. And then you have the other nonprofit that has great experience in that other section. So you don't have to give it up. You also don't have to find a grant that does everything. Mm. You can apply for a few little smaller grants and put your whole program together that way.
0: Yeah. I think that's such a great way to think about this too. I think we're always constantly trying to figure out, I need my money and this is going to be my thing and nobody else can share. Where. You look at uh, maybe a nonprofit across the street or down the road that combined your powers, you're going to be able to solve the thing that you're trying to solve in the first place. And it may take a little bit of partnership to do. It may think outside of the box and what you're normally doing, which is going to make your nonprofit stronger in the first place. And I also really like the idea that not one grant is going to solve everything. You can piecemeal some of this together and while at the same time, Train yourself to be a really good grant writer and kind of a seeker of grants that match the things that you want to do. So you're attuning yourself to things that are out there, uh, which is really great. If I'm a nonprofit, if I'm a small or medium sized nonprofit, I've never done a grant before, what's the type of personality, the person you want to look for internally that might be a good fit for a grant writer or somebody to take the reins of this?
1: So the first thing is they have to have the English skills. Because if you submit a grant and things are misspelled, the grammar's off, um, there's no continuity, it's going to go in the trash because nobody's going to want to read it. And they're also going to think, you can't even submit an application that's decent. Should we give you money? How are you going to run the program? Okay, so that's first. Second quality would be somebody that really is best invested in your organization. Somebody who has passion, right? Um, and then somebody that works well with others, because this is not a one person job, writing a grant. You need to reach out to any department that's involved, that's going to be involved in the program for the planning of it. The bud- And another thing is the budget. So the person you take, you ask to take this on needs to know how to use Excel or something similar to it to be able to create a budget, modify that budget, work with everybody, share it. You know, have all those skills.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think um, like a, like a grant, it's not a one size fits all kind of thing. It's going right. to take a team effort, and and I think it can get really frustrating if it's one person who's taking on the whole thing, and their skill isn't math. Or budget, or their skill isn't uh, research or um, uh, personality in order to kind of build a relationship or rapport within some other uh, group. Maybe a great writer, but you need all kind of three of those things. Is there um, is there an how much is the element of storytelling a real uh, asset into grant writing, or is it more valuable to go? This is what we need. This is what it does. This is our outcomes. Or is there a blend of both? What does that look like?
1: So the storytelling might come into the needs because you want to go and show that wherever you're located, that there is a need for your program. Hmm. Otherwise, why should somebody even buy into it? Basically, you're saying, uh, hey, funding source, we need this money. This is why we need it. This, This fits your mission and vision as well as ours, let's, you know, let's partner up with this, right? So in the need section, there's a lot of storytelling, mm-hmm. but it's storytelling with those statistics and best practices. Mm-hmm. See, so that person has to, I used to go to the library. This is all before we had everything on the internet. And I would come home with uh, 10 books. And by the time I was done, I could have quotes of best practices from all of the books and, you know, and footnote it. Things are a little different now. It's much easier. You can look on the internet. You can copy it and everything else. But this all comes together.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, you have a, uh, a wonderful set of letters that I'd like you to explain because uh, I've, I found it uh, very insightful if you're trying to think about sort of a steps-by-steps program as you're, as you're sort of building a grant uh, process or you're thinking about having grants roll out. It is the PMF. You got it. (laughs) Explain this to everybody because it will really laser focus you into a framework that kind of puts all this together. So can you explain, Libby, the P-M-F?
1: All right. So what happened was I started doing all this PR uh, to let people know about grant watch. Mm -hmm. And I like to speak without notes. (laughs) So I had to figure out a way to memorize this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and 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 instead of all these stickies all over my office, which I would be looking this way and that way and that way, I, I came up with this acronym, PMF, Passion Maps and Folders. So if you're going to go into the grant writing world, you need to remember that and you need to start. So passion we spoke about, and that's how I won my grant. And somewhere in the bookcase behind me is the original grant that I submitted for Tandy um, I saved it and, you know, it's just stayed with me all along. Um, so your passion has to jump off the page. That's, if you don't have it, don't bother. Honestly, it, it's just a waste. Um, if you have it, then go for it because it's going to show and you're going to shine. Maps, that's how you break out your program. Now, when you think in terms of a grant, now every grant, Every grant application, RFP, request for proposals, is going to look a little different, but most of them are going to ask for the same things. The needs, the goals, the objectives, the activities that are going to get you um, to the evaluation, right? So, and there's going to be a budget and an organizational structure and capacity. So when we think about that, if we go, if we take an Excel sheet and we think about the need, why are you going to mention the need for something if I'm going to talk about my neighborhood and I'm looking for a grant for preschool, why would I talk about uh, that the trees are breaking up the cement in my neighborhood? No reason to bring that in, especially there's limited space. And now I confuse the reader. Everything in my needs has to match my goals and has to match my objectives and has to match my activities and my evaluation. And everything mentioned all along must be in the budget. Don't put anything in the budget that you didn't mention because, I mean, if if you put something in front of a parent, child put something in front of a parent and says, I need money to do this. And then, but they ask for something that's not even part of it, it doesn't make sense. So you have to think that everything lines up. So that's why I talk about MAPS. And really play with your Excel sheet, go straight across, have another tab for your budget, keep putting it in and go, go that way. Now, just to sh- an example, I wanna quickly say, let's say your preschool needs a director, but the program you're asking for is um, an after-school program with parents and children reading. Your director is not going to spend their entire one FTE running that program. So you have to think what portion of that director's time is going into the program, and that's what you can put in your budget. So you have to think everything in terms of that and break it up. Now, we talk about folders. That's how you get ready. So while I say passion maps and folders, if you're thinking of writing a grant, you need to start. What do we need in in a folder? We need our SAM registration with the federal government. We need a DUNS number. These things take time. Start it now. Mm-hmm. If it's a preschool, you probably need the blueprints. You probably need the rent, the the rental, uh, the the lease, or the ownership of it. You probably need something. Well, in New York, you have to show that you're not within a certain distance to a, um, a gas station, mm-hmm. right? I don't know. Every state is different. Yeah. Um, you there are you need the CVs of everyone. You need the job descriptions of everyone. So think of anything that you might need and put it in the folder. So one thing we like to do at GrantWatch is we have uh, Grant News, and if a non—that's part of GrantWatch—that's the blog. And if there's a nonprofit that's running a great program, we will interview you if you ask us and write an article about your program. Now, once that you have that program, you can take that article and put it in your folder because these things go into the appendix appendices of grants. So you want to put everything. Now, also in your folder goes all the stats for your community. So if there are reading scores or math scores, you want to put that in the folder. Whatever your subject matter is, you want to look for every piece of stats for that or that area, every piece of uh, um, data, put it in the folder. You don't know when you're going to need it. And update that folder. So I always like to say, have a hard copy, have something on a computer, just, you know, save it because things get erased and you always want to have that folder. So passion, maps, and folders.
0: My uh, my lizard fundraising brain that's not a grant writing brain Okay, immediately goes to this is brilliant to have as a fundraiser when you are having a conversation with whomever or whatever sponsorship proposal is having everything, the numbers, job descriptions, and proposals, and uh, and program descriptions, etc. Wouldn't this be a nice thing to have at your organization at all times? So no matter what you needed to prepare, you'd have something here. Libby's genius into into into, into creating this because this is going to help you in every aspect of your fundraising life, let alone grants. And it's and it's really difficult and probably frustrating is if you started a grant and you're like, oh crap, now I need these three things, and then you go get those three things, and you go back to your grant, and then you go, oh, I need these five things. You got to go find those five things. And then by the time you find everything, the grant window is already closed. Or you get into that moment where you're like, I've got six hours to submit it and I haven't even started yet. And then that's why I think people hate or loathe grants is that the preparation stuff is going to make this a hell of a lot easier coming down the line there.
1: You know, we have um, youhelp.com, which is the crowdfunding arm of the business. And we own, at this point, we only allow nonprofits to run a campaign. You'd be surprised how many nonprofits don't have their final letter of determination from the IRS. They send us the EIN number, that you know, that first EIN let, uh, letter you get, but that's not your 501c3 status, right? And they don't have it. Mm-hmm. And we get it for them because we know where it is on the IRS website, but right. they should have it in their folder.
0: Right. Yeah, it's a good reminder just to get the basics of the basics down about what your organization does, with the impact that you make, and really what you're trying to achieve with any program and service that you have. And I know you know it as an executive director. I know you know it as a fundraising director, but does anybody else, you know, you, you spend... You know, a lot of organizations spend, you know, ungodly amounts of hours and time and money having a strategic plan, but that thing also sits on your shelf. You never use it. This type of stuff. Right. At you're at, at, your, at a moment's notice if a donor comes to says to you, hey, so how many, uh, what's, what's the program look like and how many you're going to have impacted this year? Let me get my folder out. So I've got all this information or, hey, I need that 990 or I need that, uh, you know, these, these numbers for you for a, a donation or a gift you've got what, it in the what folder. What about...
1: Send me something about your organization. So yeah. your organizational capacity, that one paragraph or two goes into every grant. Right. Or how do you manage funds? I mean, that's a big thing for the, from the federal government. So do you, are two people signing your checks? Um, do you have an accountant? Do you have a, a special management, financial management organization? Whatever it is, that's another paragraph that's boilerplate. So all these things also go into the folder.
0: Well, and I think this is this is what you, you learn after doing a couple of these where you're like, okay, these 10 things or these 20 things I'm going to always need, and everything else is sort of you know negotiable or sort of creatively right. uh, done for whatever the thing is. Uh, but that's why doing grants and actually executing and trying it and starting it is going to allow you to make sure that this is not a uh, totally uh, a foreign or alien thing to your organization. And once you get it right, it's great because now you've got funding from a different source. You've got another leg of the stool for your funding and for a budget, et cetera. Now, everyone doesn't win a grant and you'll right. get rejected at least more than once, I'm assuming. Yes. How do you deal with that? That's got to be a big hit. You spent all this time, Libby, and it's like, oh, I did this and then, and then this. And then you get a big fat no. How do I come out of this depression that I have had right. after all the effort I've put into this grant?
1: But, but your that effort is not gone. That's, that's the point. What? What? Now you have, first of all, you have lots of pieces that have been impro- approved by your board. So you don't have to write them again. Take them, save them in the folder, save them in, on, on your computer. That's the first thing. Then you can go back to some funding sources like the federal government or a state and say, hey, can I have the notes for my review? And you can get them and then... You may not want to show them to your supervisor if you really (laughs) messed up, but it's such a learning experience.
0: Yeah. Want me to
1: tell you a story?
0: Yes, please. Please.
1: I wrote this grant together with someone who came to me with this great idea. Okay. It was before the holidays and we were going away on vacation. So I left it with her. I left the grant with her. We didn't win. And We were really doing it like this was our idea. It was a great idea and the government really needed it. It was to merge all sorts of um, objectives from three different sources together for preschool, okay? Because there was state, there was federal, there was local, Mm -hmm. there was governor's thing. And we had the whole plan. What happened? I wrote for for the report. We lost 15 points because there was no budget. Why was there no budget? Because when she formatted the grant, she didn't follow directions, which I left clearly as to the size of the font and the margins. So when she did it on her computer, it took up more spaces, more pages. And then it says there is no budget because (laughs) the minute you run out of pages with the federal government, they just take them and throw the others in the garbage.
0: That's really funny. Okay. So
1: you, that grant could have been applied for again. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, talk about a little bit about the, I've made a mistake and, uh, oh no, now what, um, is there an appeal process? Is there a thing or it's a, it's a, it's a done and you get next year or next time it opens up as an opportunity or you submit and you're like, oh crap. What if you have an, oh crap moment? I shouldn't have pressed send yet, but now what?
1: Uh, That really depends because it depends who the funding source is. The federal government, it's not going to happen. There's very strict deadlines. Um, The state, if they didn't get enough applicants for something, then a state may say, oh, we'll look at yours after we finish the others. We understand. Um, City could be the same way, but it really depends how they're structured. A, A foundation might say, We'll look at it next year. We understand you made a mistake or you may not be able to reach anyone. There's no way to know. But if you don't try, you're not going to know. So try.
0: I love it. Uh, A lot of people are very hesitant to even contact any of the grantees because it's one of those nebulous things. They're like, I don't know who those people are. And I don't even know if there's somebody who would pick up the other end of the phone. Is it appropriate when you have questions and you have questions on either the execution of your grant or the creation of your grant proposal. Is it is it appropriate? And how do you contact the individuals or the groups who are who are running the grants to ask for help or have a question answered so you can just f- finally get you know started okay. or finished? What does that look like?
1: Some state and city government grants will say that there's a QA deadline. Mm-hmm. So you can submit your questions. Now, the only thing about submitting your questions you should be afraid of is not formulating your questions so you sound intelligent. So if you didn't read the entire application and now you're going to ask a question, that's going to be a negative on you. Mm -hmm. If you've read everything and you're asking an intelligent question, go for it because somebody else has the same question. Right. If it's the foundation, there's usually an email address and it could be that somebody made a mistake. And you're finding the mistake. It's happened. And then they will then put out some changes.
0: Yeah. What's the uh, What's the best grant that you have seen awarded through GrantWatch? And what has been the most fun one to sort of celebrate with an organization that went to your site, did all the hard work, Got the grant, and then you got to high, which I imagine is probably the high of highs of running this organization. Of the you get to celebrate with these individuals. Well, these
1: what we do is okay. So if you look at the testimonial page on GrantWatch, um, we get videos sent to us. And, uh, you know, thanking us with, with the grant, you know, telling us about the grant and what the money was used for. We actually send them this mug over here as a celebratory um, gift. I don't know if you can see it. Um, so that, that's how that works. I, could, I I think I should celebrate the one that I wrote years ago, which is Child Health Plus.
0: Mm.
1: And that was in Staten Island. And what um, that was the first Child Health, Health Plus grant that was won. Uh, at that time, we took uh, all different org- nonprofits and put them together at a large table and di- divided up the work because that particular grant wanted you to find the children that were in need of medical insurance throughout the entire borough of Staten Island. So by getting um, all different cultures, all different races, all different religions, all different languages together together, we were able to do it. And that was refunded and refunded years and years. So that was the best.
0: I, I love that. Um, and again, it goes to prove kind of what you were saying earlier that find your partners, you know, right. find individual groups that match kind of your mission, your vision or your values or the things that you want to solve in the community. And, and you don't have to go it alone, which is kind of, I love this theme here, which is like, if you, you don't have to go to the library alone. You've got GrantWatch. You don't have to go and submit things alone. You've got partners. Uh, You don't need to to worry about uh, or be the only person in your organization doing it. You need other people to do this. So if you're a grant writer listening or you're getting into grant writing or you've been assigned to grant writing, um, I hope you took away a little bit about the, hey, this is like a village bit. You know, it's going to take right. a lot of people to help you uh, sort of significantly sort of and get pointed. You know people.
1: what is one thing you might find out when you're putting your partners together that you shouldn't be the lead organization, and and have humility because if the other or another organization has managed a lot of federal funds, you might want them to be the lead and you be a partner, a subcontractor, whatever it is, and you'll still get your piece, mm-hmm. but you get funded.
0: Yeah, I love that. Well, again, that, that that I think is a great reminder to have an abundance mindset too, to say, listen, this is not going to go all to you. This is not all to you. This is a rising tide. It's going to help a lot of organizations. And if you have to step back and kind of let somebody else take a lead on that, I love that. That's a brilliant way of sort of thinking about that. I know that there is going to be a lot of people who want to go and find out how on earth they get connected with you, they get connected with GrantWatch, but they might not. Be familiar with how to get to said places. Libby, how on earth do we contact you and Grant Watch?
1: i say grantwatch.com and support at grantwatch.com. So, and then we'll respond. There's a chat, there's email there, there's a phone number, uh, which you can read off of me because I don't have it in front of me. Um uh, five, six, let's see, five, six, one, two, four, nine, four, one, two, nine. Did I get it right?
0: If it is, what will be right is in the show notes. That's for sure. But I love it <laughs> okay. anyway. And and here's what, it, it, when you, when you go to there, it is a very intuitive site. It's got uh ways, if you're an organization, if you're a government entity, what kind of grant are you trying to get? It's a very click and easy and, and kind of scrolls through nicely. There's a boatload of information there. Uh, there's a lot of learning opportunities and things that you can kind of get there too. So please take a little bit of time to do that. Um, so again, everything will be in the show notes. Make sure you click on that. By the way, if you're clicking around the internet and you haven't subscribed to this show, uh, you probably should. You're going to get high quality Definitely. guests like Libby coming on for <laughs> sure. This is this is the type of thing you're going to get all the time here on the show. Uh, Libby, thank you so much for what uh, you do. First of all, thank you for your perspective. I love the the how this started to where it is sort of understanding with the theme of do it and prep yourself because there's so many more applicable pieces to this folder piece. This uh, That is, I think, the brilliant nugget of of diamond that we just kind of took away is that even if you lose or don't get the grant, you still have an abundance of information. You get to go with your other donors or other supporters and you get to go try again because you got all the information, which is brilliant. Uh, And there are new grants every day. Every day. and you'll find them on grantwatch.com. Uh, thank you so much for your perspective. Thanks so much for your enthusiasm. Thanks so much for the, uh, the joy you bring to something that's very confusing and very uh, scary to a lot of organizations. But most of all, thank you for being a guest here on the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Look, as someone who listens to the show, you know that I love helping small and medium sized nonprofits. That's why we bring on the awesome experts and guests that get to talk to you about how to make your organization more awesome. So I've got a deal for you. I would like to help you, I would like to work with you. So if you are go to dogooduniversity.com, that's do good. Y O U, university.com, and you register for one of the courses, I'm going to send you my best selling book. Fundraise Awesomer, a practical guide to staying sane while doing good for free. Because I really want you to do amazing work. Listen, dogooduniversity.com. Go pick out something, whether it's a board training or a gratitude training or whatever webinar you want to choose. Um, use the promo code podcast. Take 25% off of anything that you purchase. And I'm gonna throw in a book as well because I want you to do awesome. I want you to do awesomer, and I want you to do good better. Go to dogooduniversity.com today. Hey, did you just have a meeting with a donor, and they told you something really, really important, and you have no place to put it except for like maybe an Excel spreadsheet or, a, I don't know, a random piece of paper in your office? Go to donordoc.com. Get a CRM system that works. Get a donor database system that works get something that gives you beautiful reports and beautiful dashboards that even your crankiest board member will love go to DonorDoc.com, use the code word do good better at checkout and get a month free donorduck.com hey you busy fundraiser yeah you listen i know you're busy planning an event and you shouldn't have to worry about what software you're using for events and online giving and peer to peer fundraising and auctions and mobile bidding and text to give it's all at one cause onecause.com. Listen, I've been using OneCause for a long time with clients all over. It's designed for busy fundraisers. It's intuitive. It's a powerful fundraising solution for your next event, and you should be using it. Go to onecause.com. They're a sponsor of the show. They're amazing. They're awesome. And there's free resources galore at onecause.com. Check them out today. Choosing a partner to help you achieve success in your business or personal finances is a big decision. You need a devoted advisor who's experienced and attentive and invested in helping you accomplish your goals. Hey, you know what that sounds like? Brady Martz. Brady Martz knows that you got a lot of options to choose from, but we're confident that Brady Martz is the right accounting firm for you. they got more than a half a century of experience making everyday count through tax, accounting, audit, and business advisory services, so... Contact Brady Marks to learn more about their unique solutions that they can provide you and your nonprofit.